All right, well, welcome, welcome to St. Joseph's Evangelization Network. And this is another installment of a series that we do called The Stones Will Cry Out. You know, Jesus came into Jerusalem right before he entered his passion. He came into Jerusalem and all the disciples were laying their cloaks down in palm branches and, and saying, blessed, blessed is he in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. And, and the Pharisees turned to Jesus and they said, make them be quiet. Make them be quiet. And he says, if I tell them to be quiet, the stones will cry out. And of course, we know that, don't we? In our own, in our own lives, the things that really drive our passion are things that's tough for us to be quiet about. And that's, this is another segment of that. And it kind of segues into, into what uh, Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.15. Always be ready to give an explanation for your hope. That hope in Christ, of course. So I'm here with my friend, Kathy Hamill. <laughs> And, and Kathy Howell has has uh, known me for like three or four years, mm -hmm. uh, but in, but more more in the last couple of years. And she has something, and I don't know what it is yet. That's what I'm <laughs> kind of excited about. She has something that we're going to talk about today that the Lord has put it on her heart. It's kind of like her personal parable. Mm -hmm. and we all have one, don't we? If we've been baptized, the Lord is in us, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have our personal parable. So welcome, welcome, well, Kathy. Nice, nice to, see, to you. see you. Yes, and uh, we didn't get a chance to talk much beforehand yeah. on purpose because uh, I really kind of wanted to see if fresh yeah. uh, what the Lord was putting on your heart to talk about today. Yeah. But before before we get into that, even though I can't wait, uh, before we get into that, maybe you could kind of tell the audience a little bit, tell me a little bit about you know where you came from and where you're at spiritually kind of mm. now. Okay. Um, so let's see um, some of the details. So I'm married. I have five children. And um, we've lived in St. Louis all of our lives. Um, grew up in Salt City and um, where there was always a, a church to go to all of the time. Mom would say, uh, you know, oh, I can't get ready by 8 o'clock, so we'll go to this parish and 9 o'clock this parish. And so it was literally three minutes away all of the time. So um, grew up Catholic. Um, went to Catholic grade school, St. Gabriel the Archangel, um, high school, Corey College, St. Louis University, so stayed in St. Louis. Um, first job out of school had to do with advertising, marketing, communications, so kind of this type of thing. Um, and then um, when we were first, first six months or so of our um, marriage, we became involved with, um, at St. Cletus, we um, bought a house in St. Charles and were involved in St. Cletus as core team members for uh, Life Team. During that time, um, a lot of things were going on, but there was a particular moment where um, even though I had grown up Catholic and knew all about the Eucharist and knew all about scripture and things like that, I don't know if I ever encountered God in a particular way. Um, but then there was a retreat we were helping out with. And you weren't really actually a on the tree, you were just talking I was about. just helping. Oh. So I was supposed to be in charge of the freshmen. They were like, well, you know what's going to happen, which you didn't want to say you didn't know what was going to happen because you were supposed to be helping. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what's going to happen. And they're like, well, we're going to have this thing, Eucharistic adoration, and you're just going to, you know, make sure that you're with the teens. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize um, what was going to happen and that really that was a moment where the Lord was going to encounter me um, in a way that I didn't know about. So um, on that particular retreat, um, 
we went to Eucharistic Adoration, and um, I, I don't even know exactly what was happening, but there was a song, I'll never forget, it was Strength for the Journey, and um, I felt this tap on my shoulder, and so I looked to see who was there, and no one was there, but I was like, there has to be someone, so I looked around for the teens I was supposed to be responsible for, and they were freshmen, so they were all lined up against the back wall, all holding hands. I was clearly failing in my responsibility as a chaperone. I was like, okay, and they weren't doing anything bad, just, and um, so, so, so I went back. And you've I never experienced any of this tapping on the shoulder no, before? No, what did that, What did it make you think? Well, then I looked for my husband, because he was also helping, but he was across the room, and I all, met him. He doesn't have that long arm. Right. No, he does not. And so, he's, so I then, um, I then started weeping because I knew there was more. Like I looked up at the tabernacle, um, and the Lord was like, "I don't know who you're looking for. I'm right here." And then I was like, started crying. And there was a sweet teen girl who like pushed a box over to me, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay, thank you very much." <laughs> Utilize the tissue. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of a journey. So, so can yeah. you give me an idea when about was this? If that was in mm, 2023. Sure. Okay, and... that was in um, 1999. Okay. Right. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Fall of 98, because then Pope John Paul II came in 99, mm -hmm. and we were helping out with that at that time. So fall of 98. We got married in May of 98. So anyway, we... Yeah, so that all happened, um, went with, I, I, we didn't have tickets. That was like to go to the John Paul II coming to the Dome and things like that. We didn't have any tickets, and they were like, oh, here's some tickets to go with the youth. Here's some tickets to go to the Mass. Happened to be on my birthday. So I was like, oh, he came for my birthday. Um, John Paul II had a huge um, impact on my life just with theology of the body, especially as a first newly married couple and and how all of that would transpire in our relationship and probably a part of why we have five children now. So um, that was then. Um, I ended up the following May quitting my job in advertising and marketing and um, becoming youth minister. Um, I had told someone else, um, another youth minister was leaving and said, you know, you should apply. I did, didn't work out. So can I ask you a question here? Yeah. You got tapped on the shoulder, yeah. But in, in this Eucharistic adoration you were in, right? Did he tell you anything else then, or did you just mm. know that you were called? Um, so I didn't even know that I was called. Oh, I just okay. knew that there was a particular moment that something had changed. Um, in fact, I started volunteering more. Like, oh, I'll be happy to be a host home. I'll help out with lots of things, and I just all of these things, things were you happening. Might not have done before, right? Not. Oh. I wouldn't have volunteered quite as much. Okay. Um, and then um, around that same time. Uh, there was these, the Columbine shootings were taking place. Um, the advertising agency I was working at, I had gone up to a conference, and when I was there, um, I was in my hotel room and saw all of this taking place, and I had this like internal sense that I needed to do something about this, but I didn't know what the something was. And um, so then when I, I had gotten hurt, like kind of injured, like I hurt my leg. And so I couldn't go to work the following week. So I went up and talked to the youth minister. And so it was about that time that we were talking and he looks at me and he goes, oh, you've been bitten. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, you, you were bitten by the Holy Spirit. And I was like, what are you talking about? Still didn't really understand what that meant. So when he asked me if I 
wanted to work as a youth minister. I was like, yes. And he was like, okay, well, awesome. Here's the keys to my office. Um, go call the number that's on the piece of paper. Um, and I walked down from this school picnic that was happening. I took the keys, went into his office, got the phone, took the phone number, called this number. Two weeks later, I was hired as a youth minister. I, in the moment, was like, I don't know what I just, what I just do. I had a good job. Um, at the so time, I was making I, more than I, my husband, which second. is awesome. Being bitten <laughs> sounds like a bad thing. It sounds like it would be. But it's not a bad no, thing. No, it's not a bad thing. All right. Yeah, so it's, um, so anyway, I, I ended up leaving my advertising job, which is funny because as I'm looking at the Statue of Mary, my um, boss who worked in advertising was in Des Moines, Iowa, and he's Catholic. And my immediate supervisor from St. Louis was also Catholic. And when I told them, they didn't counter offer. And I was like, kind of frustrated, like, if I'm so wonderful and you really want to keep me, why didn't you say anything? Well, they said that after I had told them that his child went up to the statue of Mary in the backyard and gave her a hug and he was going to counter offer, but he felt like he couldn't counter offer God, yeah. which I thought was really, and I was like, well, oh, that, that's good. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to do that, but we should put that on a t-shirt. Isn't that so funny? Can't counter offer can't God. Can't counter offer God. So, so he did, they did end up later coming back and asking me if I wanted to stay in more money after that initial, um, mm -hmm. but I didn't. But you so already committed. I was already committed. So, yeah. Um, so I worked in um, youth ministry for a while, um, some different positions in different places, um, and then stayed home with the kids for uh, about seven years, and then went into teaching and campus ministry, because I thought, which is funny, I thought, I'll just be a youth minister in a school. I'll have summers off. Well, it's a very different animal being a youth minister, um, where a lot of the teens will come because they want to know Jesus more than being in a school where everyone is encouraged to know Jesus who may or may not have encountered Jesus. Uh, so that was a, a different dynamic. So now, um, after a number of different school places, I still am a campus minister and theology teacher at um, an all-boys high school in St. Louis. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that that gets you. That gets you. Kinda, I get you where I'm yeah, at right now. Yeah, yeah. Where you in are some right capacity. now, and that's great. <laughs> that's great. So, so it sounds like uh, the Holy Spirit has been acting with that, and you've been responding. Yes, and it it doesn't happen all the time. So there'll be moments where I can sense the Holy Spirit stronger, or there's a, a movement or a shift in the Spirit. I had a conversation um, one time about. Um, the word uh, like come to me or um, come and rest in me. And I was like, why am I continually like hearing this, like, you know, uh, be like being drawn and um, God bless my spiritual director. She mentioned, you know, like, well, you're being called into mission in a particular way. So um, what would you yeah. tell people when, since you're talking about mission and you've been yeah. a youth minister and a, and, a, and a teacher, what would you tell people who are kind of anxious about turning to the Lord and saying, you know, Lord, I know I, I was told I got a mission when I was baptized. Yeah. I was kind of told maybe a confirmation that I was supposed to, the Holy Spirit was supposed to talk to me about that. But I'm, I don't know. I've got all these plans. You know, I've got, <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff I need to do. And, yeah. and I, I know when I get to be really, really old, uh -huh. you know, or retire or sure, whatever, sure. then that's when, that's when I'll turn oh, to the Lord so funny. for mission. What, what would you tell those people about, oh. about mission and how that's, uh, the M mission yeah. word is meant in your life? 
So um, I love that you said that because <laughs> um, there's a lot of times where I have no idea why I'm doing certain things until later. So um, there was a particular moment where um, I was in youth ministry and I felt like I was not understanding the language that students had in regards to theology. And I'm like, I need to maybe get a certificate of some studies so I could have the language that they were hearing in high school. So uh, that's when I started a certificate in spiritual direction at Aquinas Institute of Theology in St. Louis. And um, even at the end of that program, the people around the room were saying, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're called to add your name to the list or, or, um, of spiritual directors, or maybe you're not called to do that. And in the moment, I even felt like the spirit was saying, not right now. And then I kid you not, like right after that, the woman who was speaking said, well, or maybe it's just not right now. I mean, and the words were so specific that I just started to tear up. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. Well, this was in 2011. And I had gone through um, a certificate in spiritual direction, ended up getting a master's in pastoral studies. Um, I had three children during that time. So, I mean, I did a lot of, hey, honey, take the kids to the park. I need to write a 15-page paper. Um, and if people would have said, why are you getting your master's or why are you getting a certificate? I wouldn't have had an answer as to why I was doing that. But then, you know, seven years later, when I go into teaching, well, you have to have a master's in theology in order to teach. But I never would have thought that that's what I was going to do had no idea. I just followed the next step. So whatever that was, like maybe I felt a sense that I needed to get more language. Well, that was the sense I was feeling, but the Lord already had his hand on everything that was going to be taking place. So he already saw the big picture. All I had to do is respond with, yes, I will do this. Well, can you speak with me a little bit and uh, about when I hear you talk, and if, if I'm listening close enough, I'm hearing a great deal of freedom mm -hmm. in some of these choices. Yes. Uh, and, and what's it like to, to, to hear that voice mm. and to have that freedom? Because not everybody feels that they can right. or know that they have that. Right. So if you would have said to me about four years ago that everybody can hear God's voice, I would have not known if I agreed with you. In fact, I probably would have been shy about the fact that I heard God's voice because I think that some people might look at me and say, you're hearing voices again. That's funny, you know. Um, and what I've come to find out um, is that everyone is able to hear God's voice. And uh, it's really simply stated in Scripture um, when he says, I am the good shepherd and that my sheep hear my voice. So if you're already a follower of Jesus, then you already hear his voice. But what does it sound like is the part that's a little bit yeah, interesting for I'm people. I'm sitting here going, <laughs> yeah, okay, I understand, you know, um, John uh, 10, 1. You know, I understand John 10, 1. I understand that my sheep uh, know me and right. I know them. They know my voice and they follow me. Mm -hmm. I know I'm the gatekeeper. I know that, that right. passage. But... Um, uh, so many of us are, are um, accused yeah. uh, that that I've I've done too little, sure. or I've done too much for myself, and so I can't hear that voice. Mm. I can't 
I can't be that close. Because you remember, mm -hmm. I, I think what I'm hearing from you, I, I get this the profound sense of intimacy with God mm -hmm. that comes from hearing his voice. Am, yeah. I, am I hearing that right? Yes. Is there, are you hearing that right? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think if you spend a lot of time with someone, whether it's a friend or a husband or a wife, um, whoever that is, you're going to know a lot about them. Um, and they're going to know a lot about you. And we get to a point in our relationships where we don't have to say too much to just be present to the other person where you can kind of, you know, that, that sweet phrase of I can finish each other's sentences or um, I already know what they're thinking. Um, this is a good plug for we should still ask, right? So, you know, still clarify, you know, am I hearing you say this and then ask for that, whether it's um, a person you can physically touch or whether it's the Lord. I, I love that. I yeah. love that. So many of us would just say, you know, uh, you know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Or, Lord, if you put it up on a billboard <laughs> and, you, and you keep me from doing anything else that I have planned in my life, right. then maybe I'll listen to you and follow you. But, but I guess what I'm hearing from you is that you're willing to engage the Lord in your conversation. Right. I just assume he's talking all of the time. So um, in my own thought process, like if I'll go to prayer and I'll be speaking with the Lord and telling him my hopes and dreams and thoughts and ideas, I'll have to wait and listen for the response of what his responses to my hopes and dreams and thoughts as well. And if it doesn't seem that clear, what do you do? Um, I just press in and listen harder. Okay. So like, I'll, I'll, if I don't feel as though I'm getting a sense of the Lord in that moment, um, I'll kind of, you know, put it down, assume that maybe the reception was not so good, you know, um, or maybe it was really more, more so is that I wasn't really able to hear well because I was distracted or confused or, um, thinking I needed to be in control of the situation instead of allowing the Lord to take control. Oh, that's a big one. Right. So, you know, I've come to know that I like control. I like to know what's going to happen next. I like to know um, what's happened. Like, I, I like to know a lot of things. I like to understand it sometimes before I will jump into something. And I've also found that if I don't, if I set that aside and I allow the Lord to just lead me and I follow obediently. I think that's a word. Obediently. Yes. <laughs> With obedience. I know what you mean. <laughs> then I would, then I'm able to um, take that next step in faith much more freely than if I have all of the pieces in a row. Because I don't know if I'd ever do any of those things if I needed to have all of the pieces in a row. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. Oh. So I do want to ask you this, though. You said this is just in the, in the next... Um, in the next uh, uh, last few years, yeah, you, you've kind of this is kind of a new horizon for you. Yes. So let's take a break for a minute, and then we'll come back to that. Okay, right? sounds okay. good. All right. Well, we took a short <laughs> break, and, and so uh, uh, you had said that 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 the idea of hearing God's voice wasn't foreign to you because you've heard His voice right. all the way back to uh, 1998, but that the idea that everybody hears His voice in all different ways, yeah. all the time, right. which which I will tell you, a lot of people would, would think that you must be like Joan of Arc or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I've actually gotten that from people before. Really? Yeah, I've had some people say, um, well, unless you're one of those special people that can hear just like the saints do, then um, 
I don't know if, if you're really healing because I don't hear it, yeah. you know. And so yeah. what I've found is that when people are frustrated because they desire to hear the voice of the Lord, but they don't feel like they do hear the voice of the Lord or they're questioning if it is the Lord's voice, that they'll um, accuse me that maybe I don't really know what I'm talking about. So um, and I just kind of take a step back and just let them say what they need to say, because I, I have found that it's more of their own reflection than it is anything that has to do with me. Yeah. So, so so you would, you would I think what I'm hearing from you is you're yeah. saying, I think everybody can hear the voice of the Lord. I do. And, I, and, and in the last four years, you've discovered mm-hmm. that. Yes. So um, I, I have a friend, and he was um, helping out with um, a youth group, and he had been talking to um, my own kids about um, healing ministry. And what that means is that like he, he had believed that if he would pray with people that um, in the name of Jesus, that they could be made well um, physically. And I was intrigued by this. And so I, I approached him and said, oh, tell me a little bit about that, you know, because I had, I had felt something. Is that really along, real? Is yeah, that real yeah. is it real? And has yeah. it happened? And because there's been some times where I felt like, um, the Lord had said, you know, oh, pray for this person. And I was like, why would I pray for that person? I feel like they already have received whatever they need. So, but then I would obediently just pray for that person. So you're saying in your own per- personal prayer time, yeah. uh, you, the Lord had asked you to pray and, and intercede for them. Right. Uh, that's kind of an interesting idea. You know, Lord, why don't you just do it do yourself? Do it yourself, right? right? Why would you ask me to do this? Right. You know? what, what, what would you say to that? Then? Yeah, well, now I would uh-huh. say, um, similar to like when um, Jesus would have said to the apostles um, at the feeding of the 5,000, like they said, hey, you know, we need, <laughs> these people need food. They're all hungry. And he was like, mm, feed them yourselves. And they were a little frustrated, like, um, okay, but you're Jesus. <laughs> you should be able to take care of this. But Jesus actually chose to partner with them and to allow them to be able to gather what they could, the gifts, the talents that they have, in this particular case, the actual food pieces. And then he was able to then do the multiplying so that then they could go out and take care of the people around them. So, so the Lord is showing you, mm-hmm. and you're letting me know too, yeah. that I, can, I actually can partner with him. Yes. In I, fact, he chooses to partner with us on a pretty regular basis. I mean, that's, I'm, that's one of the ways in which marriages come together with a husband and a wife, and they collaborate with the Lord for children to come into the world. So he chooses people to be the vessels for other people. So anyway, so in this, um, in this moment, I was asking him about something and he said, yes, that's why I want to bring my family to this encounter conference. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't know what he was talking about. So, so you were talking to this person in church. At church. Okay. Who had been speaking to your, to your children. About healing. About healing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so you were intrigued. I was intrigued and I was like, I want to know more about this. So I went home and I Googled the encounter conference and heard about it and found out it was happening um, the following winter. And so went home, talked to my husband, and we went. Now, my husband is a researcher who thinks about things before he makes decisions. And I said, I think we should take our family. He's like, I think we should sign up right now. I was like, oh, okay. And so we signed up right then. So that was a move of the Holy Spirit in and of itself. And um, so, we so just so I can get, <laughs> yeah. I know you a little bit. So, so 
<laughs> so is Kathy a little bit more like the start, the, it's, the bell just rung and the starting gate goes yes. and you're off? Yeah. And he's a little more like, whoa. Hold on, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But he was all in for this. He was all in for it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I will, I'm excited. So, and this is just a conference, right? It was just a conference, yeah. yeah. And, and we were able to bring our family, which was kind of fun. Um, so there were uh, sessions for adults, and then there were sessions for teenagers, and there were sessions for children, like 6 through 12 or 13. When you say sessions, it sounds like... Oh, yeah. It sounds like a little work. You know, is, is, what, what was that like? Oh, so um, from a parent perspective, it was really beautiful because um, my husband and I and my oldest daughter were able to be in the um, talks. Like there were people giving talks. There were um, opportunities for reconciliation and for Eucharistic adoration um, and for mass. Um, the mass and the Eucharistic adoration portions had the kids there, so families could all be together. But then there were um, talks that were specific for uh, younger kids, um, games and activities available for younger kids that were put on by the same, um, like by a different group of people than were in the adult sessions. And then another group for the teenagers, because the teenagers don't want to be with the adults and the teenagers don't want to be with the kids. So. If, if I could kind of put this uh, put this out in front yeah. of us like a, like, a, like a plate of food, <laughs> they decided to let everybody feast. Yeah. They decided to let everybody try to hear God's word. Absolutely. They decided that everybody could try to be a companion with Christ, right. even in healing. Exactly. And so much so that after that first conference that we went to, my daughter, who at the time was nine, yeah, she was nine, she went back home and there were sessions on hearing God's voice. There were sessions on physical healing. There were sessions on um, prophecy. Um, and what that can look like in your own life, um, and um, sessions on impartation. So, um, and like how other gifts that people around you have can also be shared with the greater community. I'm gonna, yeah. I want to kind of get back around to, yeah. to something you talked about earlier. What would you say to, to someone here who might be listening to your yeah. story going, yep, She's Saint Saint Catherine. She, 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 you know, the God has put a, a special uh, mark on her. Well, that was your baptism, of course. Mm -hmm. But God has decided that she can do that. I'm not so sure that that I would want to. First of all, I want to hear His voice. Yeah. If I did, I'm not so sure I'd be empowered to do it. And if I was empowered to do it, I know I couldn't do any healing. But what if God told me a word for somebody? Yeah. I'm not so sure that I'd want to look that weird. Oh, yes. And uh, you do you... sometimes look really odd. And I'll tell you a story. So um, there was a particular moment where um, <laughs> I was out praying with someone and there was another person there. This is after you've done, been to the conference anyway? This is after after the conference. Okay. Yes. So um, so not only is there an encounter conference, there's actually an entire school of ministry. Oh, okay. Um, and I can I can talk a little bit about that, but I was a part of this encounter school of ministry and um, we were working together um, in a small group with about four or five other people. So you were in the school kind of learning what they're talking about. Learning about, In yes. more detail than the conference. Right. So the conference kind of gives you kind of a taste of uh, what um, the school is all about or what the ministry is. It's really the whole purpose is um, to teach and equip people to then go out and live what Jesus says that we would live as Christians. Um, so you were trying to do this. I was. That's a whole other story too. But yeah, I was. I was. I just. I through a series of events, um, like COVID was one of them. 
Uh, well, there's a few things. So, okay. At that first conference, I felt very strongly that um, the Lord was saying, like, you'll teach for encounter. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not moving to Michigan because the original That's conference the was in Michigan. Um, and at the time, there were only three other schools. There was one in Seattle. There was one in Louisiana. And there was one in Ohio besides Michigan. It's about four years ago. About four years ago. Okay. And um, I was like, <laughs> I'm not moving to Michigan. I like St. Louis. I told you I've been here all my life. Family is here. And um, I felt like the Lord said um, that that that, would ha- that I would teach for encounter. And I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and then um, I also felt pretty strongly that the Lord said that I would help to bring an encounter satellite campus to the St. Louis area, um, which would make more sense as to why I would teach potentially because it would be in the St. Louis area. And he said that um, he was making a way where there would seem to be no way and, and a series of other things. And, um, but that particular line about I'm making a way where there seems to be no way was really important to me. And so after that conference, that was in December, January, February, March goes by. That's when COVID-19 kind of took over the world. Um, and everything was online and I felt like I should be finding out more information about this encounter school of ministry. But like I said, I'm a teacher. There's no way I can travel to any of those locations. Well, about April, May of that year, I just, for whatever reason, went to that website again to find out more information about the School of it Ministry. It had kind of gone dormant in your mind. Yeah, it had kind of, I hadn't really done much with it. I just, for whatever reason, felt like I should check it out. And it said that in that fall, they were going to be starting an online School of Ministry. And I felt very strongly that the Lord like repeated, like, I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. And I was like, oh, this is how you're going to do this. So I applied for the school, became a part of um, one of the first online schools that they were having. Um, And at this point in time, in 2023, their online school of ministry has become um, even larger than the in-person schools of ministry. And um, I honestly don't even know the number of satellite campuses now, but I know that at one point um, they had gone from four to 17 and it was um, changing rapidly, the number of satellite campuses that were coming. So anyway, it just was really beautiful. So anyway, um, so, so but my daughter, I wanted to yeah, tell you about my yeah. daughter. So after that conference, my daughter who had heard about healing ministry or Um, praying in the name of Jesus and like a particular way to pray. Um, She went back to school and a friend of hers was complaining about her head hurting. And she said, oh, oh, my head really hurts. And my daughter said, can I pray for you? And uh, she was like, sure, that's fine, you know. And almost like indulging your Yeah, sure, whatever you want to do. My head really hurts, you know, like (laughs) last straw. And she prayed for her and she goes, my head doesn't hurt anymore. Now, she's nine. It's really sweet. So then I guess my daughter um, was having a tummy ache after something was going on at school. So the same girl who my daughter prayed for said, well, can I pray for you? And she prayed for her and her stomach ache went away. So it was like a ripple effect that my daughter had come back from this conference, prayed for her friend, and then her friend then felt like she could also pray. So 
if it can happen for nine-year-olds, I mean, how much more beautiful the church can be if not only nine-year-olds, but 13-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 70-year-olds, and so on. Yeah. Could pray for each other. What a great, what a great yeah. story. Isn't and that, that fun? And, and so is that part of your story that you're telling in the world now? Absolutely. So um, we, my daughter and I, the one who had prayed for her friend, we were at a gas station. And um, as we were walking into this gas station, um, I quickly asked the Lord, like, if there's anyone in here that I need to pray for, just make it really obvious. Now, and, I, I will tell <laughs> you that uh, uh, until the last couple of years, <laughs> I can't say, even as a deacon, that I walk around going, Lord, show me somebody or yeah. put somebody in front of me. And, and uh, uh, But what a great, um, exciting elevation yeah. in your connection to Christ to be able to say, I'm open to companioning with you right. at this gas station mm -hmm. if you want me to. Right. And we were on a time crunch. So like it was going to have to be really obvious. So um, my daughter and I walk in and we were just going to use the ladies room. And as I'm walking to the ladies room, this woman is limping next to me. Now, OK, the Lord made it super obvious because she has a name tag. Her name was Mary. And right. And she's limping and she's telling her story. Like as we're going into the ladies' room, right? And she's like, oh, go in front of me. It's okay. I've just been at this conference all day for work, and my knee really hurts, but that's okay because my knee, and she tells a story about why her knee was hurting, how long it's been hurting, all of these things. So not the thing you normally see. Not the thing you normally station. see at a gas station. And so my daughter and I are like trying to be respectful because she was walking in front of us. She's like, no, go ahead. So we use the ladies' room. She's talking to us throughout like the time like my daughter like presses the like, paper towels. They like come through. She hands them to her, and we're walking back out. And she asked some questions about my daughter, where she went to school, and because she had a sweatshirt on, all these things. So, so now we're like almost friends. So in, retro <laughs> in retrospect, the Lord is, is making it pretty it's hard so, to say no. Right? So obvious. But you would, believe it or not, I left with uh, my daughter. Sure. And I go back to my car. And I sat there for a second because we were getting gas and, you know, all the things you do when you go to the gas station. And I go, I, honey, I think we're supposed to go back and pray with this woman. And my daughter was like, oh, my gosh, it took you that long to figure it out, Mom? And I was like, okay, good. At least you had the same feeling I did. I'm going to have your daughter <laughs> on this program next time. You know, okay, right? Yeah. So anyway, so um, we pull into the parking place, ironically, her car was parked right next to, and so we saw her walking out, and I said, I think we're supposed to pray with you. And she goes, oh, that would be lovely, sure. And um, as we're praying with her, um, we both... It's that easy. It's just that easy. It's like, that easy. You yeah, didn't we have just, to tell didn't her a have long to, story. No, because she already told me everything. You, you, didn't, you, didn't like, you didn't like pull out of your pocket some certificate no. or, or that said that you were a teacher for theology or anything? <laughs> okay. So you just went up to her and you I said, I just said, what? we just like to pray with you, okay. that, we, that we like to pray with people who look like they might need a prayer. And um, so my daughter and I prayed with her. Um, I felt like this image kind of came to mind of her like running on this trail kind of kind of kind of like a prophetic thing i don't know you know like in the moment uh -huh. i i just kind of closed my eyes and like mm -hmm. you know like when you close your eyes and you can like see different images i don't know if everybody can do that or not but sometimes people can do that if you ask you can if you ask you can so i felt like i saw her running on this trail and i said i don't know but i'm just I, when I close my eyes, I have this image of you running on this trail. Do you have a trail that you run on or have ran on? And she goes, I have a trail behind my house that I used to walk on that I haven't been able to walk on. 
And I said, well, I just feel like the Lord wants you to be able to walk on that trail again, maybe even run. I don't know if it's up for you or not or how that looks. And um, we prayed for her in the name of Jesus. And I asked her um, after we prayed to kind of like move her knee around and maybe bend, maybe do something she hadn't done before. And she bent down and she's like, it feels better. And now in the moment, I was like, maybe she's just being nice. I don't know if it feels better or not. And I said, well, I just want to ask the Lord that whatever good he's doing, that he can continue that good in you and that, you know, maybe you need to go and pray with someone else also. I don't know what the Lord wants you to the do. The way but... you talk about it, it sounds like it's fairly easy <laughs> It's to so do. simple. Yeah. So what's funny about it is that after I get in the car, my daughter and I are leaving. She goes, I guess we just pay, pray for people at Quick Trip now, don't we, Mom? And I go, <laughs> I guess we do. <laughs> so that was really sweet. So... Yeah. Now, every time we go to the gas station, my, like other kids will say, um, I guess we're going to pray for somebody, aren't we? Like, probably. So sometimes if they're in the mood, they'll come with me. And if they're not in the mood, they'll just stay in the yeah. car. You yeah. know, kids uh, are kids. So so, so, so uh, has the Lord brought other people to you in a quick trip kind of way? Yeah. So there's, I, have, I have a lot of different stories. But okay. um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I guess if I'm listening to you close enough, you're saying this is... Uh, this is what the Lord wants me to do at this time. Yeah. This. I mean, I don't even think that it's the Lord, what the Lord wants me to do at this time. I think it's what he's calling us all to do all the time. Huh? Um, because, you know, how much more beautiful it would be that if we see someone who is hurting, that we offer to pray with them. And people might say no, and people have said no. I'm always a little surprised when people say no, that they don't want to be prayed for or prayed with. And, um, and that's okay. I, I mean, I know that there's days where, you know, I just feel like I don't want anybody's help anyway. Yeah. I think it's just our human nature. Um, but but if we did, you know, how much more beautiful our world could be. So, well, yeah. Like your daughter with her friend uh -huh. who gets prayed for back to your right. daughter. And then maybe the friend's like, oh, wow, I can go pray with somebody else. Right. You know, it's a little bit at play it forward. Right. But you're playing with Christ. Yeah. Too. You know, and it's. It's fun to do. Um, you know, it's it's beautiful to do in your own family and with your own people that are like the safe area of people. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you are out somewhere and you see someone, I had this sense, I was in, I was in Walmart um, and there was like a, a woman that looked like she was really struggling uh, just to carry her groceries. And I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should pray with her or not. And so um, I went back to my car and I put, I, I, you know, I think it's human nature for us to question whether or not this is good or not. Um, or even if it's, yeah, I was looking for some confirmation. And again, this woman's car was right next to mine. Like I opened up my trunk, putting my stuff in and she's like struggling to like, get, like she was struggling in the store, struggling again. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, is it okay if I just help you bring the groceries in? She was like, oh, absolutely, honey. If you want to, if you want to open my car for me, if you want to do this. And we had a lovely exchange. I didn't pray for her in that moment, but we just talked a little bit. And as she was talking, I was able to encourage her and it brought her to tears because it was the encouragement that she needed to be able to do whatever she needed to do next with her daughter. So um, sometimes it's not about even using the word pray or the word Jesus. It's just about being encouraging to somebody else. Because I think sometimes that is intimidating for some people. Oh, yes. Well, I have two questions. Mm -hmm. But the first one is, 
What would you say to somebody who's more introverted, you know, yeah. somebody who says, you know, I, I, I've heard you talk about this and it sounds good and even understand how, how your nine-year-old could, could be in this type of thing. What would, you, what would you say to somebody who says, but, but that's, not, that's not for me? Yeah. What would you say? So there's a few things I would say. I would say that um, we all have different gifts. And so the way that the gifts are going to be used is going to look different. Um, and that the world is not made up of only extroverts. And so um, there's going to be a particular introvert that's going to need maybe another introvert's perspective. <laughs> so I have, um, I have a friend who's kind of quiet and they the information that they've received um, from doing going through this Encounter School of Ministry online um, has not only enriched their own personal prayer time um, with the Lord, but it's helped them to know when they're hearing the Lord's voice, that the Lord's voice is always going to be encouraging and upbuilding, um, and how that looks. And they've gained the confidence that if the Lord is prompting them in some capacity to either sit by someone or to say a nice or encouraging or a kind word to them, um, that they will, um, or even to share something that is out of what would seem like their comfort zone. Um, and so it, the whole school of ministry for this person has built up what I would say is the fortitude that the Lord already instills within us in the gifts of baptism. So, you know, I think I would say there's a lot of, like, there, there's a spectrum. I would say that I, when I started, I was very quiet about certain things. I didn't really want to tell other people. Um, but it's almost like there's something that wells up within you that if you don't share about this experience, that there's going to be somebody who misses it. Um, there was even a moment where when I was one of the first times I even talked to you, I felt like I was supposed to tell you something about um, either Encounter School of Ministry um, or um, just this worship night. And I thought, I, I don't know why I would need to tell him. And even as I was telling you, the Lord was like very gentle about it. And as I was even telling you, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard about that. And it was like the sense of peace that came over me like, oh, sorry, I was so glad he already knows a little bit, but, but why did I have to do that? Like, why did I have to go into this moment? And sometimes those moments are for us, not even for the other person that we're speaking with. And that's happened a number of times just to increase the confidence that I have where the Lord will say, I, I want you you to talk to this person. I'm like, I don't know. And then the person will turn around and I already know them. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy that it's this person. And then, you know, so he's very gentle. Well, that leads to the second question that I have for you. And, and uh, uh, maybe that's a good, good place for us to, yeah. to, to see as a stopping off or getting off place. And you've kind of just talked about it. What, what has this hearing God's voice Praying with other people for their encouragement yeah. and for their healing, mm -hmm. uh, being involved in a in in, in a in kind of a school where there's sessions where where you have a chance to experiment with healing his voice, yeah. hearing his voice, understanding that his voice sounds like ours but but might have a slightly different dialect or yeah. different tone. Um, what has that done for you mm. and your your intimacy with Christ. Mm. So um, one of the phrases that I really love that the school will talk about is that um, the Lord speaks to us 
through us. And so, of course, it's going to sound like our own voice. And so some people will say, oh, that's just your conscience. Um, and so I've, but I've been able to recognize, um, when it is the Lord or even my own voice, cause my own voice is a little more timid, <laughs> um, but his is a little more strong, more faithful, more gentle. Has that helped you understand the evil one's voice? Too? Um, yes, because now I'm able to recognize when, when it's not kind, um, it's condemning or blaming that it's really not any voice I need to be listening to as <laughs> I can just discount that voice and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to not, not listen to you. I'm just going to raise the volume on the other voice <laughs> to make sure that it's a bit louder than the one that seems to be the loudest. Cause you always know, what is it? The, um, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know? So, um, you know, we want to get the squeaky wheel to be not squeaky anymore. Mm-hmm. So listening to the other voices, um, is really important. So, um, yeah, the intimacy just, I think, yeah, I, it, it is such a tender place to be with the Lord when you know that you're special. And I think that every person is chosen by the Lord. Um, there's a, a particular sister that's um, from the religious um, of the Sacred Heart. Uh, her name is Janet Erskine Stewart, and she would talk about um, that there is a particular mission that everyone has um, that will not go, will not happen if we don't actually step into that. Um, and that, so everyone has a particular mission. And I really believe that the Lord wants to speak to everyone and is trying to speak to everyone, but that it's hard for us to listen because of all of the other activity or busyness or um, the lack of silence that we have in our lives. So. I try to carve out more silent time so that the voice of the Lord is able to be heard more so than any other voices that are drowning out that sound. Well, speaking of mission, it sounds yeah. like like you're not concerned about your mission because you're with him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that as I'm just walking with the Lord, that whatever I'm doing with the Lord is just going to unfold into the mission that he has called me to takes a lot of pressure off. It does. It takes a lot. It's not about me. Yeah. It's all about him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to thank you for, for sharing this about, <laughs> about what's going on and what, you, what you're trying to speak in the world. Yeah. Um, if I just was here on an elevator with you and there's only, only yeah. 12 stories and we get in and no one <laughs> else is there, what would you tell me? Oh, I got you, 12 stories? That's a lot, of, a lot of time. <laughs> well, it's not going to stop at every floor. Oh, okay. okay. It's not so, one of those where they push all the buttons. Yes. <laughs> well, I've seen that. But, but what would you, uh, uh, what would you tell, tell me as you're going up the elevator? And I didn't even know now? you before. Yeah. Well, I, I like to talk to people. So I probably, you know, ask the person's name, ask you what your name was and um, ask you if, you know, if you were Christian or Catholic and just to have a conversation with you about Jesus. Um, and if there's, if you hadn't been in a relationship with Jesus, I would just um, maybe pray for a moment, just that the Lord could speak to you through you. And just, there, there's something I have done with some, some of my own students, and that is just um, to have them stop for a minute and just to ask the Lord, um, what is it that you think, of me, think about me right now? And just to listen, to see what it is. And almost every time, there's always something encouraging and upbuilding that they have to say. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably just ask you, just 
let's quiet ourselves and ask the Lord what he thinks of you right now. And as you would do that, let you allow the Lord to speak to you. Because it's not about anything that I'm doing that's going to give you that intimacy with the Lord. It's going to be about your own relationship with him. Well, and in 10 stories, I just had an encounter with God. <laughs> Thank yes. you very much. You're welcome. It's great to see you today. Thank God you. bless you for being here with me. And, thank, and, you, um, uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Stones Will Cry Out. <laughs>